0: Hi, I'm Ray Barry, and from wherever you're listening to the Audio Wave Café podcast, I really do appreciate you joining me. Okay, I think that's enough for the chat. It's the 30th episode of the Audio Wave Café podcast series, and thanks to all my guests and listeners, it's been a great experience. I only wish I'd started this journey sooner. Anyhow, my guest on this episode is a guitarist, Carol Lane, of three-piece punk band, Army of Skanks, who are based in Coventry. I also bring you the latest music news and views, and I shine a spotlight on London Calling, the iconic album by The Clash. I want to get to play an original track by the Army of Skanks titled Red Emma. I also have Peter Drew talking about Sydney Fest 23. There'll be a lot of artists and bands appearing over three days at the Fusilier and Lemington Spa, and it's all for a good cause. Uh we should move on. Punk band The Clash were already successful with two-hit albums when in December 1979 they released their third album titled London Calling to critical success, with many reviewers and fans stating that its contemporary lyrics and move away from formulaic punk sound was an inspired decision. Released as a double album but priced as a single album, it quickly sold over 2 million copies. Produced by Guy Stevens at Wessex Studios in London, much to the distress of CBS Records, who knew Stevens had a drug and alcohol problem. But vocalist rhythm guitarist Joe Strummer knew Guy Stevens was the one and eventually found him in a pub in Oxford Street, London. The rest of the band were Mick Jones, lead guitar, Paul Simonon, bass, and Topper Heaton, drums. Together they produced an eclectic album that Rolling Stone magazine said was the best album of the 1980s. The album cover by photographer Penny Smith features an iconic picture of bass player Paul Simonon destroying his Fender Precision bass on stage at the Palladium Music venue in New York. With the lettering of the album cover copied from Elvis Presley's debut album release, Simonon said that when Elvis's album came out, rock and roll was pretty dangerous, and Clash's album was dangerous stuff too. But by nineteen eighty six there had been several personnel changes, and with Joe Strummer saying the band had run out of ideas, he dissolved the band. The album's status though, was never faded, certified so platinum in the UK and USA. Do you know if I didn't know better with songs like London Calling, Jimmy Jazz, and The Guns of Brixton, I would say I was listening to a band coming out of New York, rather than West London. In twenty nineteen an exhibition of the fortieth anniversary of the album opened at the Museum of London, drawing huge crowds. Joe Strummer unfortunately died of a heart attack in 2002 age 50. Mick Jones is still a performing musician and producer. Topper Heathen sorted out his drug addiction and lives a quiet life in camp. And Paul Simonon has a new album release with singer Gallant Airs. <laughs> My guest on this episode is Carol Lane, guitarist in commentary three-piece band Army of Skanks, Thanks for joining me on this call.
1: Thanks, Ray. Good to be here.
0: Now, that's a great name, the Army of Skanks. How did you come up with that?
1: It was taken from a film with uh, Lindsay Lohan called Mean Girls, and that was the name of the uh, group of Mean Girls.
0: I love it. (laughs) What's the lineup of the band?
1: Okay, so we've got the one and only Whippet on drums. He's a Coventry lad. Wendy Seenan on bass guitar and uh, vocals. And then you've got me on guitar and me and Whippet, I've been sort of roped into doing um, Foghorn backing vocals, really. Foghorn. <laughs> Foghorn, <Foggle>, yeah. <laughs> you don't give a woman with a brummy accent a mic. You should never do that.
0: <laughs> okay. What other name does Whippet go by?
1: His real name is Terry, Terry Downs, but he's always gone by Whippet. Yeah, everybody in Cov knows him as Whippet, and he's Whippet. He's even got a tattoo of a Whippet, <laughs> and his dog is a Whippet. <laughs> I know, no, the best bit, his dog is called Terry. <laughs> So he's got a Whippet called Terry, and he's Terry the Whippet. So there you go. I love it. (laughs) It gives gives a bit of an insight into his mind, doesn't it? It does, (laughs)
0: doesn't it? How long has the band been together?
1: Um, Well, I think they started off as a covers band 13 or so years ago, and then um, they've had lots of people coming and going and all the rest of it. I joined them about 13 years ago, and we had two leave uh, over the years. And we're down to three. I think we've been a three-piece since about 2017, I think. About six years of three-piece.
0: I saw a YouTube video recently, and you have seen her well she was dressed in a ballerina outfit.
1: That was Jess Timms. She was absolutely flipping amazing, little Jess, yeah. She got ill, sadly. That was in 2017, and uh, that was the summer, and we did um, a whole weekend of gigs with Godiva on the Friday night, with the cast and the Stranglers. Unholy Festival, Mestival or something at the Colville, the Saturday night, and then we were lucky enough uh, to do the festival with the Manit Street Preachers on the Sunday night. By the Thursday, we were doing Rebellion and she wasn't well enough to to go. That was unfortunate. So that's when we had to be a three piece. We had half hours practice and we didn't want to, like, not, you know, like pull out of Rebellion at that stage with two days notice. So we just carried on and just did it. And so it's from that point we ended up, you know what, Wendy, you can sing. Just do it. Just believe in yourself.
0: You said you're a punk band. Is that sort of. uh... Mid-70s, uh, Sex pistol style of punk or what?
1: A bit of everything, really, because our, our influences are so varied. I mean, yeah, the 70s, we were sort of like leaving school and, and um, getting our first job. So I think we listened to things like the Buzzcocks and everything that was around those days. Uh, and then, obviously, Killing Joke were pretty good. Susie and the Banshees. There's, there's thousands of influences in our music and you can hear it. I mean, I was always into X-Ray Specs, uh, The Ruts, So yeah, I suppose the earlier punk is more probably like us rather than the the second wave, I suppose, was really like, uh, you know, exploited and discharged. I was sort of starting to just go off it a bit then. We're not sort of heavy like that. We do actually, I'm I'm lying, because we do actually do quite a few what I would call thrash punk songs, but um, our our earlier influences, I think, are stronger in there.
0: So you play original material. Do you also do covers?
1: Yeah, because it started as a covers band for the first couple of years or so. And it it wasn't a bad covers band, to be honest. I mean, when I saw them at the Queen's in Redditch, I thought I loved the music they were playing, but they sounded a bit shit. And um, (laughs) that's why I stood in on guitar. <laughs> i'm being honest for you here. Yeah, yeah yeah but i love the music i love the music because it was like clash covers x-ray specs covers you know a bit of everything damned i mean we all love the dams i love yeah. the music i, I love the vibe I could just get the, sa- the sound right it'd be great so when they said can you stand in for a few months i was like yeah so, you know it's it taken me back to the music I used to love
0: you've been in the studio to record a new album how did you enjoy the experience
1: bloody terrifying is it I mean <laughs> it's it, not. It, no it is. <laughs> it, it is it's really bloody hard you, you know like because the trouble is we have discovered we have discovered that I actually ad-lib pretty much all the time and improvise <laughs> and when you go to a studio it's like no you've got to know what you're doing so for Whippet he doesn't like click tracks and stuff like that he likes to just play play it live and I get that on the same I think Wendy's the same actually um, but we've got all the music down and they're really good at the studio it's John Priestley he did stand in uh, as bass with the damned a few years I think in the 90s something like that but he's brilliant
0: I've been to that studio
1: you have? in Kenilworth
0: it, a Batist studio yeah
1: yeah 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 it's brilliant isn't it he's a lovely guy yeah he's so easy to work with and he put us at ease uh, mostly by taking the piss out of us but he put <laughs> us at ease so it doesn't matter does it and um, and he's in the Godfathers now by the way, and, and they're another good band, replied, with the Godfathers. Oh, right. He's uh, with them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his mate come in, Mike, now Mike Essex, Exeter rather, he helped a little bit as well. He was the producer for a lot of the Black Sabbath stuff from 1996 onwards. So, so it was nice to have his expertise as well. I mean, he was helping with like getting the drums all marked up and getting the sounds for that. So it should be pretty good, really, because you've got two like blokes at the top of the game, aren't you, helping you?
0: Yeah, that's brilliant.
1: It, it is, because it chilled us out, you know, we were like, wow, it was interesting to talk to them. Yeah.
0: How many singles and albums have you
1: released? And we did two. Then we did an EP with Jess when we were a four-piece. Then we did The Perfect Storm as a three-piece, which is our first one as a three-piece. That was the, just before COVID lockdowns. So it the fourth album, if you like. And it's, uh, we found out, we found our feet on this one.
0: Yeah, well, I was in a rock band and you were obviously in a, in a punk band. You really do need that live sound in the studio. You got to capture that.
1: Yeah, it's the energy in it. It's the energy. It's sort of like you know, like when you're on stage. And what what do you play?
0: Bass guitar.
1: Right, you know that feeling when when you stood there and you can feel the the airflow on the back of your legs from your speaker cab
0: oh yeah that,
1: <laughs> and it's like not to be accused of anything confused with anything else at our age right but it's like <laughs> it could be bad couldn't it but it's like really good it's like that that's the sort of feel isn't it that, that makes you enjoy playing live you know and you want to dance to it and yeah, yeah. you're sort of with it but there's an energy there's an energy and i think that's what this studio is capturing this new CD, which is going to be called Negative Politics, um, that should be out. We've got another three days at the studio. We've got vocals going on, and the mixy thing, and that's it. We've done all the instruments. There's um, ten songs, and I've learnt them now. Um, there's a mixture on it that you wouldn't expect from us. Um, I, don't, I don't know how I don't want to get told off for telling you too much, but. We cross over into quite a few genres of music throughout songs. We've got some good, what I would call hardcore punk on it for definite, um, some fast stuff and some heavy stuff. Um, we always do that because it's, it's nice just to blast it out on stage. We enjoy playing it. Um, and then we've got definitely what I'd call a 70s-style punk song on there. Then two or three that are just completely not what you'd expect from us. There's going to be 10 tracks on it. It's uh, again. There's good, strong messages through everything from from um, the environment and politics and a lot that's gone on. So uh, yeah. So it'll be lyrically strong too.
0: What gigs have you got coming up?
1: Uh, we are playing at the Queen's Hall in Noneton with Conflict. We've got July the Working Clastonbury. Uh, uh, that's in Wales, uh, Mid Wales, and um, that's I think is a. 23rd roughly of July um and then we've got uh it's not the end of the world festival which is near Warwick which is for the horse-drawn travelers we always do their festival we've just done the Beltane bash for them that was flipping amazing fun
0: (laughs) where can people find your music
1: Deezer Spotify uh bits on YouTube as well aren't there oh and Bandcamp Bandcamp yeah yeah and obviously now the new Instagram. And, uh, yeah, so you, you can hear us on there. We've also got a Facebook page, uh, so you can go on to that as well to, to find out the, all the gig dates.
0: Excellent. Well, this is just the right moment, I think, to bring this interview to a close. Carol, thanks so much for being my guest. It's been a real pleasure.
1: No, no, no problem at all. No problem at all. Thank you.
0: Just recently, Tupac Shakur, better known as Just Tupac, was posthumously awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. He had been an influential rapper and actor. During his lifetime, he had several albums certified platinum, like Me Against the World and All Eyes on Me. On September 13th, 1996, he died of a gunshot wound. He was 25 years old. This could be the biggest sale ever of an artist's back catalogue of recorded songs, when Disney Music Group puts Queen's back catalogue on the market which also includes publishing rights. There is talk within the industry that Universal Music Group could top the list of interested parties, and a price it said could top $1 billion, and the sale is only for the rights to Queen's music in North America. Queen would still own the rights to their songs in the rest of the world. There's still a lot of money in Queen's songs, and why not? Songs like Bohemian Rhapsody, Killer Queen and Under Pressure still continue to be massively popular by all age groups. Sean Diddy Coombs has filed legal action against British alcohol beverage company Diageo, accusing it of racism. Coombs has said that Diageo cloaks itself in a language of diversity and equality, but it's all a lie. Coombs continues by saying Diageo has for a long time failed to invest in two of his drink labels, Ciroc Vodka and De Leon Tequila. Coombs' lawyers went further by stating that Diageo and its executives put their feet on the neck of Mr Coombs' brands. Diageo, of course, disputes the racist tone of the lawsuit, saying that it should be treated as a business disagreement only. Finally, Sir Rod Stewart has abandoned the sale of his music catalogue to Hypnosis Song Fund after almost two years of negotiations. Sir Rod said after much time and due diligence, Hypnosis was not the right company to manage his song catalogue, career or legacy. This decision gives him more time to concentrate on his other business venture, a blended whisky named Wolfie, which he says depicts the carefree nature of his more mischievous days. If you want to buy a bottle of Wolfie whiskey, it'll set you back £35. I think I'll just reminisce about my more mischievous days with a bottle of Polish vodka. It's a lot cheaper. Coming up is a track written and recorded by Army of Skanks, Red Emma. Ejected 345, traffic 2 mile, final, without delay, cross runway 30 left, runway 30 right. Emma by Army of Skanks and many thanks to Carol Lane for being my guest. Coming up now I have Peter Drew talking about upcoming event Sydney Fest 23. I have Peter Drew on a call with me he's a musician from Leamington Spa. Hi Peter.
2: Hi there how you doing?
0: Fine I'm, I'm doing well. You're going to talk about a charity event you're involved with but first tell us a bit about you. So you play in a band what do you play?
2: I'm actually a drummer Um, I play in a band called The Intruders and a covers band called The Mismatched. Um, I've been playing around here for around 30 years now. All right. How easy is it to find gigs? Um, I find you've got to make good connections with venues. Obviously, especially now with Cost of Living, um, the price comes into it. So you've got to be able to put on a good show um, for a reasonable good price. Obviously. it just has to be kind of right for the certain venue as well. Um, so I always kind of promote my band into venues that obviously like our, our music and where we go down well. But we do quite a, a regular circuit around um, Leamington, Warwick, Stratford and Coventry now. So, you know, we have a good little uh, reputation for getting quite, you know, a quite a good number of gigs, you know.
0: OK, so tell us about some of the cover songs you play.
2: Um, Well, we do some um, ACDC stuff, and we do some Billy Idol, uh, we do some Kinks, all the classics.
0: Sounds good. I love ACDC. Okay, so tell us something about this charity event you'd like to promote.
2: Yeah, right. At the moment, um, I am currently running um, a charity event called Sydney Fest, which will be from the 22nd of June through to the 24th of June and that will be at the Fusilier Pub in Lamington Spa on the Sydney area of Lamington. On the Thursday I've organized their various duos and singers so basically on the 22nd I'm doing an acoustic day so I'm getting involved in all these uh, a different genre because obviously being a bandsman on my previous events I have put loads of of bands on through people who I've made connections with over the years and I have a great team behind me um that helped me run this show. Um I wouldn't be able to do it without them basically. So they're always and actually they're all musicians as well or entertainers that are on my uh, Pete Drew production team. The Friday will be starting off with a couple of singers and then we have bands throughout the, the evening till to twelve. And same on the Saturday, starting off with a couple of singers and then going all the way through to 12 o'clock at night. And this this, uh, charity event that I'm doing this time is I'm doing it for um, Blood UK charity as a dear friend of um, a couple of my bands, especially my... Salman James Archer, a dear friend of his, has um, got leukaemia. He's actually played on events that I've put on, on in the past, so decided to do it for Blood Cancer UK this year.
0: So, get yourselves down to Sydney Fest at the Fusilier Pub in Leamington Spa from Thursday the 22nd of June to Saturday the 24th. The charity event is free entry and accepting donations on the day. Peter, I wish you much success with this live music event, and it's for a good cause. Great stuff.
2: Thank you very much for your time, Ray. Cheers.
0: I've just got news on Facebook that the Archers live music venue in Coventry is facing closure. Nigel Meffin and the guys at Alternative Sounds and the Cage Studios would like artists and bands who would be willing to contribute a music track that will go on a CD or online album, with 100% of the profits going directly to the Arches venue. PM Nigel Miffin on how you can help save this local important music venue. Thanks again to my guest, Carol Lane of Punk Band Army of Skanks. Coming up on the next episode, my guest will be Hazard of Stoke-On-Trent Scar Band, The Rough Cuts. I think that's all for this episode. Uh, yeah, it is. I'm done. Till next time.